0: Media.
1: Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule WSL edition. Coming up, England take on England and lose to England whilst England win. Confused? Well, we'll explain.
0: (laughs) The FA Cup is back and will we see Alex Morgan play her first minutes in a Spurs shirt? She's had it on already.
1: And we're speaking with Arsenal's Jen Beatty. I'm Lindsay Hooper. And I'm Kate Forsay And this week joining us, it's women's football writer at These Footy Times and our game magazine and media officer at Sheffield United
0: Women. It's our very own former web editor at the Offside Rule. It's Rich Laverty. Hello, Rich. Hi, Rich.
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: It's great to have you on we've not spoken to you for a little while how are things at Sheffield United?
2: Yeah all good Um, it's been nice to be back it's been so long obviously I mean we've had pre-season but actually back playing games um, and had a good start to the season so um, yeah it's just been nice to be back in a football stadium.
1: You've got um, uh, sort of a slightly funny situation in the WSL Championship where five teams are all on four points so all of you Of those five have all won one and drawn one. So no one's got a 100% record yet. What's your feeling about the competitiveness this season? You've been joined, of course, by Liverpool. Uh, Equally, Villa have gone up to the WSL.
2: Yeah, I think it's great because for us last year, kind of when we lost to Aston Villa on the first day of the season, we just never caught them up because there wasn't that competition. You know, we were kind of relying on ourselves and ourselves alone to beat them, whereas this year... Like you say, you've got Liverpool now, you've got Leicester who have invested a lot of money. I think Durham are a bit stronger than last season as well. So it, it's great because when we played Leicester last week, if we would have lost, I don't think it would have been all over because they've got Durham to play next week. They've got Liverpool the week after that and, and vice versa. If we'd have won, you know, we've got tough games as well. So I think it's leaving it really open and um, it's exciting. And like you say, everyone having won one and drawn one so far, Liverpool drew against Durham and we drew against Leicester and I think people would probably put those four down as the main Mm -hmm. contenders and it just shows how close it is that none of us have been able to beat each other so far
0: as someone within the staff of a football club give us some insight into how things have changed protocol wise I mean obviously you're you're all going through testing which which we're aware of but you know these away trips that you're having to make uh, what's the process now how's it how's it all changed
2: Yeah, it settled down a little bit. The first few weeks of pre-season were odd because you had to go through phase one, phase two, phase three. So all the girls were kind of training in very small groups. They couldn't have any sort of group contact or anything like that. And you just get used to it. I mean, now, you know, last season, the girls would come in, you know, sit in the canteen, have something to eat, you know, chit-chat and a catch-up before training. And now, unless you're having your test, essentially you can't go in the building the, the players have to sit in their cars until training starts. Um, with away trips, it's not changed that much. We still go on the coach. Obviously, everyone has to wear their masks and things like that. Um, and just generally being careful, you know, around the hotel. I mean, there's only so much you can do. You know, at the end of the day, you've still got to eat. You've still got to, to, to drink and you've still got to go to bed. So yeah, there's not, a, there's not a lot that's changed around away trips, to be honest. At the stadium, it was different, obviously very, very little contact with the other team in terms of where we are in the stadium and all the sanitising and, and things like that and you have access to certain areas that others don't. So it changes on match day a bit but the actual whole routine is not, not hugely different.
1: Rich, is morale as good as it ever was and has a club like Sheffield United um, you know, ramped up in terms of pastoral care? Has there been any... Any intention to, you know, perhaps offer a bit more mental health support there if any of the girls need it? Because, of course, we're not out of this situation and you're in an area up north which has been, you know, flagged up as one, one of the danger areas. You're, you know, having to having to travel to other areas. We know that infections are going up as well. So how do you how do you handle it on a long term basis in terms of kind of players well-being and mental health?
2: Yeah, I think now that we're back in, we're just having to take it one week at a time, really. You know, and once we have our tests, you know, and they all come back negative, then you're kind of through another week sort of thing. So, Mm. um, yeah, I think during lockdown, particularly, you know, there was help there. I think if the players needed it to speak to staff or because obviously we weren't seeing each other, you know, from essentially March through to whenever we came back, I think it was the end of July, um, you know, players could speak to whoever they needed to speak to. Obviously they were locked away, you know, some of them were, were on their own, some of them were with family. But yeah, I'm sure it was difficult for some, but I think now that we're back in, like you said, morale is just sky high. You know, everyone's just happy to be back in and seeing each other and I haven't seen any issues so far. Everyone is very, very happy and I think obviously the good start to the season has helped. Yeah. You know, when when you come back on the coach from London and you've won four one. You know, it's always a great atmosphere, and especially when you've got four or five hours sitting on a coach with a mask on, it helps with the uh, definitely helps with morale. So um, <laughs> yeah, things have been good um, since we came back in, and everybody seems in good spirits. And uh, yeah, just fingers crossed that it continues.
0: Well, we will be going on to preview the FA Cup as well later, but we've had so many changes to get used to in 2020. It's been all things new. And at St George's Park, Phil Neville thought that he'd try something new as well by playing England against England. That's coming up next.
3: For the rest of this month, this month being September 2020, you can take out a subscription to The Athletic for the frankly ridiculous price of just £1 a month. That's unrivaled football writing and analysis from the very best people in the business, a brand spanking new, breaking news service and ad-free versions of each Athletic podcast, all for just £1 a month. Go to theathletic.com slash offside to get started.
4: You're listening to the Offside Rule WSL edition from Muddy Needs Media and The Athletic. Lovely goal. Ellen White (laughs) still pulling out the celebration even in a training game. Oh, and it's filled and put in by Ellen White for
5: her second. The white team just turned up the pressure a little bit.
1: Here's Kirby and a close range header. And it's 3 0. Well, the Lionesses have been in camp this week whilst much of the rest of Europe were campaigning for their team to qualify for the Euros. Phil Neville, uh, well, he took the chance to put his side up against each other. England home versus England away. The Whites versus the Crushed Berries. Um, It was home advantage in the end. Ellen White scoring twice. This is the first game that was televised and Ella Toon adding a third for the home side to win. Um, Rich was at St George's Park for this one. We'll talk about the second game in a little while, but let's focus on the one that we were all able to see first of all. Rich, what was it like at St George's Park? Um, I saw that you tweeted a photo of the socially distanced press box.
2: Yes, it was. uh, Yeah, again, it's just one of those things you have to get used to now that we sort of do press conferences sat out in the stand we're all sort of hooked into the same video looking at the same person yet we're all sort of sat next to each other while doing it so it's um yeah that was a little bit odd but um like i said i'm not gonna complain too much because i think all of us are in quite a privileged position to be able to go to these games and and actually watch some football whilst everyone else is sat at home so um i think we've all just adapted to it and and it was nice to actually be back and watching an england game
0: how seriously should we take this uh, this match, Rich, in terms of performances, in terms of the result? I mean, you look at the back three that, that conceded those goals, which included Captain Steph Horton. You've got Alex Greenwood as part of that back three, Millie Bright as well. You'd think they'd be quite assured. Is there any concern we should have from that?
2: Yeah, it's an odd one. I mean, it's the first time they've played together, obviously, since probably, when was it, She Believes, like back in March. So, yeah... It, I watched the first game and you wouldn't put any of the goals necessarily down to the defence. I mean, the first one's a very well-worked goal. Second one's an error from the goalkeeper. Um, And the third one is across the back post. So there weren't really any individual errors, but it is somewhat worrying that we're sort of seeing that pattern. I mean, Neve Charles actually played right back in that defence alongside Mm -hmm. Steph Miller. She was out of position, yeah. And she was actually... The best of them you know she played really well in the first game she got forward well she was good defensively and I don't know I don't know whether it's time to break that partnership up I mean I wouldn't do it based off two training games because they are obviously very different circumstances but I think you know if we get to the Germany game next month and we're still seeing these issues with England defensively I think there's gonna come a time to make a change. you know it's almost a sort of taboo subject to talk about Steph and her form because she's captain, but you know she's thirty two she's had injuries, you know she's going to be as affected by that as anyone. She's not immune, and at the end of the day, if the performances are not there and and there's errors, you know you have to come out and give someone yeah. else a turn. I don't think. You know, Steph starts every single game for England, which is fair enough. You know, she's the captain, and and any manager would want Steph in there for her leadership alone. But you know, I don't think any other player has a, a given right to start. And I think there's nothing to be, there's nothing against starting someone else and seeing if it works. You know, we're playing friendlies at the moment. We don't have a competitive match. You know, with with the Euros, obviously we've qualified for them anyway. So why not experiment? You know, Grace Fisk did really, really well. In the game yeah, I I watched, so. yeah I thought so. Yeah, she didn't was play really good. So yeah. just just give her a go.
1: She didn't play in the second game, so just to, just to kind of um give you the kind of overall picture folks if you're listening the first game um 3-0 to the Whites and then basically to make it really confusing as if uh, you know, as if England home and England away wasn't confusing enough, and Ellen White was playing for the Whites, and Beth England was playing. You know, all of that stuff. The second game was a two-one win to the Reds, but essentially the Reds, uh, the second time round, were the Whites. The first time round, so it's that team who who basically won both the games. I think also rich in that game where the Reds were this back three of Steph. Millie and Alex Greenwood together they were they were playing a 3-4-3 as well and a couple of people have sort of come out and said look that's that's perhaps a bit of bit too much of an unknown quantity to get to get a side ready for. Um, obviously, the coaching staff they're kind of playing around with um, formations, and that the 3 four three didn't didn't help those back three at all, and um, because it gets confusing. Because there've been two games in total to have a look at here, let's have a look at players who impressed us. I mean, one really obvious one to mention: Fran Kirby. She was you know, really, really pivotal. She was in the winning side for both games, so she was part of that Ellen White's whites uh, for the first game and just just looked really sharp. I thought her decision-making precision was really good as well. And, And, you know, I think it continues along the line of her league form as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think with Fran, we questioned as soon as Phil Neville came in as Lioness's manager whether Fran was right for that number 10 role. And it probably shows just how Potentially out of form or out of fitness maybe she was in in the time building up to this because we didn't see those kind of performances in that role whereas at the weekend in the first game I watched she was all over the place you know she looked sharp she was running in behind she was creating chances I think she put the cross in for Ella Toon's goal Um, and she was just all around like you said she just built on those WSL performances I mean I watched her in the community shield at Wembley and she was probably the best player for Chelsea you know which is always an outstanding achievement given the players that they've got so it's great to see her back it's great to see her fit and well and happy because you know we know how good a player she is um, and yeah just hope she can build on it get a run of form I don't, I don't think there's any guarantee any player starts in that Chelsea team I think we've seen Harder on the bench a couple of times already and they're so stacked up front that I'm sure we'll see Fran on the bench as well at times but I don't think there's any reason for Emma to take her out at the moment because she's been outstanding so far and it's just yeah, it's just great to see her with a smile on her face.
0: She has. She's certainly been winning a lot of the early headlines, both in um in club form and from this match as well. I, I also think that another player really lighting it up in the league and did very well here, Beth Mead. Um, and I think sometimes she gets a little overlooked because other people sort of steal the the big headline, as it were. But, I, I mean, I, Beth Mead, very consistent player over recent seasons. And, and I think she's just looking great again.
2: Yeah, she got another assist yesterday, I think. She's sort of becoming known for that now, isn't she? Which is it's strange because, you know, when Beth was at Sunderland, she was kind of known as the out-and-out number nine, the goal yeah. scorer. And she's never really been that since. She obviously does score a lot of goals, but she's always played out wide for Arsenal and she plays out wide now for England. So, yeah, I think last season, I think the year before she almost set her standards so high, you know, breaking the assist record and she scored the goal against Brazil for England. Obviously, it's got a lot of attention, as she believes. And I think last season possibly didn't live up to that, but I think it was hard to live up to that. She still had a good season, but she kind of put herself in the the firing line as one of those players now you looked at and scrutinised a bit more because she was a bigger name. I think at the start of this season now she's contributing again for Arsenal for England and she's just one of those you don't always look at her as the standout but no, she's she always just one sort of, of plugs the, away. Yeah, she's always Keeps one of the first ones on the team. She she chips in, you know, even if you don't know she'll always pick up an assist or she'll always pick up a goal even if she's not you know, when you're playing with Vivian Miedemar, it's hard to be the outstanding player but she just always always seems to contribute Mm.
0: and these circumstances they always throw themselves up you mentioned about neve charles coming in because lucy bronze she was managing a slight knock so she wasn't part of this england camp she withdrew and at right back she did shine and sometimes these situations happen someone gets an opportunity and that might really please phil neville to know that he has got some options
2: oh i I loved watching you know some of the youngsters coming in because They were fearless, you know, it was a training match, they just gave it their all and, you know, Neve was great, I have to say I was a little bit surprised to see her lining up at right back but she got (laughs) forward well, she did well defensively, she was strong in the tackle and obviously Elatoon came on and scored um, with a header, I don't think anyone's ever seen Elatoon head the ball in her life so... That was nice for her. Esme Morgan scored yesterday as well. which was She was a right back, wasn't she, for the
1: other team? And I thought, you know, it's it's kind of interesting times for her as well because obviously she's got competition, hasn't she, at City from Lucy Bronze. But that's only really going to benefit her, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it will. And, you know, they're, they're talented players. They wouldn't be in the England squad if they weren't. So for Esme, it is about game time. Ella's getting that at Man United at the moment. I hope it continues. Obviously, there's a lot of competition in that position now with... The Americans coming in with Lauren James, with Russo, uh, with the, the German girl they signed, obviously Lucy Staniforth to come back as well. So hopefully Ella does keep playing once these players are now fit and ready to start because she's a very good talent. But yeah, it's uh, it was great. You know, It was great to see those players involved. And, and like you said, Grace Fisk was great. Lotto Urban-Moy got some minutes. Even Babajide, you know, championship player, she came on in the first game yeah. and, and was actually look- really lively.
1: Yeah, I thought Izzy Christiansen was very good again. You know, she's she's sort of continued this um this uh, rejuvenation of form a bit like Fran Kirby really being out for for a time, not as long as Fran though, but obviously coming in and and she's had a great start to the season. She scored in the in the second fixture um of these um of these training matches. Um anyone that you saw rich that we haven't seen a lot of for the Lionesses um in terms of newer players, younger players who really impressed you?
2: I think probably the defenders, like I say, you know, I thought Grace Fisk was really, really good in the first game. I think Wubba Moy, when she comes on, she's very, very calm, good on the ball, good playing out. So um, I,
0: I wanted to pick up on her because there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast that like what Lottie Wubbenmoi not heard much about her, and, and the reason for that is that she's been in the states for a long time. So anyone who follows WSL religiously might might be thinking, you know, where have a few of these players that that Phil Neville selected <laughs> come from? And often, from. yeah, often it's the USA, and often actually it's Tar Heels. A lot of them are at North Carolina. I know I know a couple of players that have come back from over there, and, and with the COVID situation, and in the case of Lotta, she's actually forgotten her last year of study because of the the covid situation um to come back to england i mean it's just thrown so much uncertainty hasn't it um but she she was part of arsenal youth and she's gone back there she's signed for arsenal center back holding midfielder um and she was actually captain for the under 21 england side
1: so there's obviously someone that within the ranks they've really rated yeah, highly on, yeah. yeah they've got she their played eyes in the spring on her. series as well i think which which feels like i mean I mean, it probably was years ago now, right, if we work it out properly. But she's certainly put in a good account for it. In fact, Arsenal were unbeaten during that um, spring series, and I think she started in every one. So for those kind of longer-term fans, you might have spotted her there, but she's been away, as so many of them do. You have these you know, arrangements with top colleges over in the States, and she's come back. And do you think she'll go back to the US to finish it off eventually, Rich? Do we know what her sort of mid- to long-term path is?
2: No I'm not sure I mean obviously she's back at Arsenal now which is great for her you know she grew up there and I think she was always always likely to end up back there if Arsenal mm. wanted her so I think for the players that went over there that were top level like you said they were playing for UNC which is one of the best universities out there her and Alessia Russo who's obviously gone to Man United Um yeah yeah, you know they're they're super talents, and and when you play at that level, you know you've got to be one of the top players to go and play at that university, and then that just leads you on to get a top club when you come back, and, and they both have. And I think I'm sure they would have known, you know, I think they would have stayed out there if they didn't have the offers to come back. I think once you find out Arsenal want you and Manchester United want you, it's an easy decision to go professional um, with the situation in America as it is at the moment. So yeah, it's great for her. She's a very, very good player. Again, it'll be about game time in that Arsenal defence now. You know, it's changed a lot since she was here in, I think it was 2017, when the Spring Series was, so... But, um, yeah, I think... Do you think, which,
1: though, ultimately all the imports from America when you when you take a step back and look at the picture we are obviously concerned about game time but ultimately will the league benefit from these players coming over depending on how long they stay rather than, rather than it potentially affects some of the development of the younger in, um, English players
2: Yeah I've had this argument with a lot of people recently to be honest and I always say at the end of the day that the clubs want to win you know Emma Hayes wants to win gareth taylor wants to win montemuro wants to win casey wants to win and you're going to pick the best players whether they're english or not english and i think it's a challenge to the english players to be better you Race know. their game yeah yeah exactly and look there's a lot of them playing you look at the young english players at the moment grace Fisk is playing regularly at west ham manchester city you've got lauren hemp playing regularly kira walsh has always played regularly georgia stanway You've got Lauren James playing regularly at Man United, Ella Toon, Millie Turner, you know, Katie Zellan. And at the end of the day, they're playing because they're good enough. You know, people say, oh, the foreign players are coming in, but there's still a lot of the very top English players, the top English youngsters are playing. And at the end of the day, the ones who are not playing, it's because they're not as good as the foreign players. So you, you can't play players just to benefit England. You know, these clubs want to win things. They want to win... The WSL, they want to win the FA Cup, they want to win the Champions League, and they're gonna go out and get the best players. And if Emma Hayes thinks, well, Pernelia Harder is better than, you know, one of my English players, which she probably is, she's possibly the best player in the world right now, why would you not want that? You know, that they're not there to, to just solely develop the national team, they're there to win trophies. So it's a balance, but I always say the best English players They will play and they are playing. I think you look at all our top youngsters at the moment and they're all playing regularly in the WSL.
0: And we've just used an example as well of a couple of young players that have been using the US education system to get a better scholarship, to be able to hone their football skills, to bring those back here. It works both ways.
2: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think three, four years ago, we probably weren't in the position as a league to offer the young players the opportunities that they have now. And they went to America, but you can't blame them for that. You know, the setup up over there to get top education alongside, you know, top football as well. You know, you don't get that anywhere else in the world. And I'm sure we'll still see players go and do that. But I don't think we're seeing it as much. You know, we're not seeing the top youngsters going abroad. We're not seeing the Lauren Hemp's and players like that decide to go to America because they're getting opportunities now to train full time, to really develop as a footballer which they weren't having three four years ago so i think it does work both ways and at the end of the day you know of alessia players like that they will benefit from america and that will only help us moving forward but i think you will see it less and less now covid or no coming I mean, the covid situation is not going to help in terms of players who want to go to the u.s at the moment but i think even without it the league is in a much better place now to give the young players what they couldn't have three four five years ago
1: Well, let's move away from the Lionesses then and next up, preview the FA Cup quarterfinals.
4: This is the Offside Rule, WSL edition, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Amy Lawrence, Nancy Frostick, David Ornstein, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. If you're not yet a subscriber, take out a free 30-day trial right now by heading to theathletic.com forward slash offside. this
0: weekend then sees the FA Cup quarter finals return, the completion of this competition with fixtures returning from last season and some more great news for this competition because they have got a new three year sponsorship deal with Vitality this time who take over from SSC and we need to see more commercial deals of course in women's football Um, Rich Laverty will bring you back in because uh, one, it's a bit of an odd thing that we we have to complete these fixtures now, Um, do you think that has any effect on players' mentality
2: no i think once they get out on the pitch it will just feel like another game i think for the rest of us yeah it's been a bit strange keep forgetting the fa cup is actually still to complete and that we have you know four really big games this weekend but it's exciting it's quite exciting to actually have something this big to look forward to so early in the season if you get what i mean even though it's last season (laughs) technically but We've been so starved of football to sort of instantly come back and have four really big games between top teams is, um, is really exciting, but it's a strange scenario, definitely, but I think we can still look forward to it and I'm sure the players are looking forward to it.
1: Is it a bit of a weird scramble though, Rich, without harking on about it too much? You've only had two league games, now we're revisiting, well, then there was some, you know, odd training ground friendlies between the England players, now they're back, but they're playing last season's FA Cup fixtures, Um, and then we've got um, afterwards the um, semi-finals to come straight after this as well. Does it just, does it feel like, God, just get on with the league, for God's sake? (laughs)
2: Um, a little bit. I mean, for us in the Championship, it's not too bad. Cause no, we I know, because you're still, we still playing. Yeah, we still yeah. play this weekend. It's worked out quite well, actually, because obviously one team in the Championship doesn't play every week anyway, and it's just handily we can let Leicester do that this week because they have an FA Cup match. So, um, yeah, for us it's not too bad, but, you know, it is what it is, and we've yeah, got to have them. So. We've got to get it finished. And, and like I said, I think it's exciting because they're, they're four actually, in their own ways, four quite... Intri- intriguing games.
5: Beth Mead, an acres of space, runners into the box. It's cut in. Vivian Miedemar with her second of the afternoon, and Arsenal's fourth.
3: Press, Piran, lovely ball, Morgan. Fabulous goal. Alex Morgan on her thirtieth birthday.
0: Motivationally, they're not going to need much to get them fired up for Arsenal against Spurs. Uh, This is on BBC Two, Saturday, 5.15pm kickoff. I want to start with your thoughts about this one because Tottenham will be spurred on by signing Alex Morgan. Um, Molly Hudson, uh, in one of her reports, said that she understands Alex Morgan will be eligible to play for Spurs at the weekend and is involved in team training. So that could give them a real lift. But of course, Arsenal have started, in terms of the league, they've been on fire.
2: Yeah, I think Arsenal at the moment, you know, the favourites for that game. I know it's a North London derby and we always big it up, but there is still a little bit, I mean, not as much as it was a few years ago when we were seeing Arsenal beat Tottenham like 10-0 in cup games, but there's still a bit of a gap there. But, you know, obviously there'll be a lot of intrigue around Alex Morgan. I'm just disappointed we didn't see any like direct transfers between these teams in the summer. Uh, I don't think there's anyone who could actually play against a former club, which is a shame because it would have been quite... Weird, obviously. Players starting the FA Cup with one club and then playing against their former club, but <laughs> there are, will obviously be a lot of new signings on show. And yeah, Alex, I think everyone will be watching and seeing how she gets on. She's got to she... be
1: on the bench, hasn't she? I mean, I mean yeah, just for the I fact that so. it's on BBC Two, right? They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to bring her on, or at least put her there in some way, shape, or form.
2: been out so long as well, and obviously she's had a child, you know, in, in the period of time, so she won't have even been training. Really, until recently, I don't know how often she's been able to train with Tottenham, but I, I don't think she's going to be anywhere near you know peak level that we saw at the World Cup last year, for example. But you know, it's Alex Morgan, isn't it? Out of the Americans that have come over, she probably is the most recognizable name star. and recognizable face worldwide. So, yeah, you know, I think everyone's perhaps be a watching. sub,
1: a late sub, I reckon, for her. If she's not match fit, perhaps she's fitter than we think she is, but but otherwise. I think she'll feature, but towards the end of the game, maybe if she can. All right, well, let's speak to someone now who is part of the Arsenal squad defender Jen Beatty. welcome to the show. It's really lovely to have you on. It's been years since I last spoke to you. I think the last time I spoke to you, we were in the fan zone um, at the Etihad Stadium many, many years ago. You were at Man City then, so um, a long time ago. It's great to have you with us. Can I ask how you've been? How's lockdown been? I'm I'm interested to know from people who've learned skills, like have you learned a language? Have have, Have you done something impressive with
5: that time? Yeah, uh, good question I did I did manage to do an online marketing course oh good it was called football in marketing so actually it was like an eight-week course and that I actually really enjoyed it it obviously like anyone I had a lot more time on my hands to try some different things and I did do a business degree when I was younger so I kind of wanted to stay in that sort of uh, area if I can say yeah that. And I really yeah I really enjoyed it I'm glad I did it so is that, that sort of something you're
1: interested in, in, in sort of taking forward the whole business marketing um, side of it, or was it just kind of to satisfy your curiosity?
5: Um, I've definitely always enjoyed the marketing aspect of business, but it kind of came up through the PFA. They were kind of offering free courses to, to every player uh, who was a member of the PFA, so I kind of jumped at it. I was like, that's a brilliant opportunity sort of, keep my mind taking over since there's no games to sort of focus on so yeah credit to the PFA basically for offering. Yeah it.
1: really good shout um from them definitely and how are you doing you've you've had had a bit of a back injury um how's sort of fitness how's preparation going are we likely to see you back soon? No
5: it's, it's going really well um obviously had a little procedure done
1: which um will
5: hopefully have reduced my rehab time by uh quite a fair amount to be fair but Nah, look, it's, it's been tough missing the start of the season, especially after coming out of lockdown and
1: getting things going again. But, you know, the girls have done amazingly, so I just can't wait to get back out there. And well, hopefully it's not long to wait. Um, I don't suppose you're back um for this weekend. Um it is an enticing tie, isn't it? It's weird, though, sort of having this kind of overhang of the FA Cup, of course. Is it is it a good thing, ultimately, or is it sort of, does it, does it all feel a bit congested, sort of having this hangover from last season?
5: No, I, I think, to be honest, the girls would have taken any opportunity to get football back going. Um, I think it's, it, you know, especially with the FA Cup, it's such a huge sort of, you know, those games are massive within the calendar, and to take away the opportunity potentially to to play at Wembley and those kind of games and, and lift a trophy, those kind of opportunities are the ones that girls want to be involved with. And so I think it's it's credit to the FA for not sort of taking those games away. Of course, it is a little bit strange that being such a big gap between the last one and sort of think, right, okay, okay, so it's a, a quarterfinal, that's, the, you know, it's, it's a big game, but, and obviously it's against Spurs, makes it even bigger, but now girls I think are just happy to see the games uh, being resumed and getting back to it.
1: Yeah, we'll um, talk more on that in just a moment. And um, the good news that uh, Jill Roard and Vivian Medemar have been nominated for WSL Player of the Month. Um, your manager as well, up for Manager of the Month. You know, times times feel like they're good there. They're certainly not. You're certainly not struggling in terms of um, scoring goals. And i although she's injured now, um, I'd love to know what Jill Roard's been eating over the summer to come back and score two successive hat tricks. It's so impressive.
5: No, yeah, I I think we'd all want to know, to be honest. Um, But no, the the girls have done an unbelievable job and and worked really hard coming back in to keep themselves taking over over lockdown and and as a team coming together um, in July. And, you know, especially that game going to PSG, coming away, you know, after uh, losing to PSG, it was obviously a disappointing start. But then to start this actual season the way we have done, I think has lifted the squads, you know, back to where we were content with and we just need to keep pushing on from now. But like you say, with with Vivian and, and Jill in their sort of uh state of play they're in with the goals they've been scoring, you know, long may it continue.
1: Spurs at, at the weekend, so FA Cup quarter final, is there kind of a rivalry there yet? Or because Spurs are kind of fairly new, um, certainly within the WSL, they've only been there for a season into their second season now. Is it is it not as big as the rivalry, perhaps, if you were up against a team like Chelsea?
5: No, I, th- I think it's still a London derby. I think it will always be a London derby. Um, Spurs will, would no doubt have improved from last season, as as has everyone. So it's another big game. I think the level of respect for every team now is is definitely there and will continue because the, the level has just improved and it always will be. It always will com- improve, sorry. Um, so yeah no we'll be going into that game thinking it will be a very tough game and and, and it's a London derby so that just had yeah. a whole level of competitiveness
1: what, what did you make of the Alex Morgan signing because that I mean it came out of nowhere for a lot of us journalists um, I think it did kind of within the football fraternity as well and suddenly you've got this this megastar turning up at Spurs what's your take on it?
5: No look it, it's great for the game I think for this league to improve it, it sort of to see players come into this league and improve the game and improve teams and improve competitiveness around the whole league. I think it will only do nothing but improve, improve everyone. And they're the kind of players that people want to be come up against every weekend. So, um, it will just be interesting. Of course, these, most of the Americans have just signed six month contracts. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season actually goes. Um, but no, for, for attention drawn to the league, I think, I think it's brilliant. And, um, you know, it's credit to the clubs for for taking that step forward.
1: You've obviously got your own contingent of of uh, Aussie players, Steph Catley, joining Caitlin Ford, Lydia Williams too. Just tell us a, a, li- a little bit about Steph. Um, we've we've obviously seen her in action um, so far, and has the Aussie contingent started to take over when it comes to dressing room music? Have they got you to learn any strange Australian songs? Have they brought in any weird food?
5: <laughs> no, like, yeah, no. They've all they've all been great. They're all such outgoing good characters to have and Lydia's actually taking the fort in the gym music i would say she <laughs> has quite a good um range of old music so that's been great um they've all settled in really well to be honest it's been great they've been great signings and on and off the pitch they've really from what i've seen settled in really well so they've been fantastic additions to the squad
1: and um, in terms of, you know, targets for this season, Silverware, you're obviously still in, it sounds so weird, still in last season's at FA Cup. That's what this weekend is all about. And you don't have the, and I'm not going to say that it's a distraction, but obviously you do have time, perhaps um, more, more time to kind of focus on the domestic competitions in front of you. Where are the targets this season Um it feels like it's going to be hugely competitive. And, and actually, with new players to settle at Man City and a couple of iffy results for them, we don't really know if Chelsea is going to continue to tick or whether Emma's going to keep everyone happy there. It feels like a really exciting time for Arsenal.
5: Yeah, look, you said it yourself, it's going to be a really competitive season. Um, the players we signed and the way that we're going we're a very ambitious group. I don't think you signed for Arsenal without wanting to lift silverware. Obviously, it is quite a congested calendar, so we'll kind of take each game as it comes, and it is quite bizarre being in the FA Cup from last year, but we're glad it's still there, of course. But no, silverware will always be the goal, I think, for us. And but right now, we kind of have to take it one game. We've obviously started really well in the league, so we'll try and keep that consistency and that momentum going to
1: the cup tie the
5: weekend, and and go from there.
1: MBT Arsenal defender there. Well, on to Everton versus Chelsea. Now, this, a really interesting tie as well. Into
4: the pass of Govan. Govan with a shot. Govan to score on her debut.
5: Receives it back from Kerr. Oh, and that is, what a fantastic goal. Camilla Harder. That is
1: world class. Everton, two wins out of two. Obviously, Chelsea had that draw, didn't they, on the first first league match of the season, Izzy Christiansen again excited to see her. Um, Do we think from Emma Hayes though she might start to begin to keep all those players happy by perhaps not running with a B team but making the most of her depth in this one Rich?
2: I think she will but you look at the players she can bring in I mean players like Penile Harder have been on the bench so you probably look at her starting this weekend and you just think they're not going to get any weaker with the players they bring in so again might see the likes of Neve Charles involved but
0: what do you think in- the attacking lineup will be because that's the thing that we don't seem to have settled on
2: mm. I think yeah I think you'll definitely see Panile playing um, I hope we see Frank Kirby playing as well because I think it's important for her to keep that momentum up um, mm. maybe Erin Cuthbert playing a little further forward I'm not sure but I think it's an interesting. Arrested, yeah, do, do maybe, think? yeah, maybe, maybe. I think, I think it's an interesting one for Everton, really, because obviously they've invested a lot this season. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different team to last year, and this is going to be their best test of where are we now. You know, if they get beat 3-4-0, it, you, you wouldn't be surprised because it's Chelsea, but it will give them a really good idea of sort of how far they've come, but also how far they've got to go as well in terms of becoming one of those top three or four teams.
1: Well, that fixture on Sunday. Also uh, on Sunday, the later kick-off, Brighton and Hove Albion versus Birmingham City.
3: ...away as far as the edge of the box. Chelsea struggling to get it clear here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Brighton may well have run it. Closing down there by Green, and that's physical from Walker, but fair. 1-1. One, one.
1: Good in that we'll see either of those teams in the semi-finals what have you made of both sides um rich you know brighton i've been impressed by their by their consistency um a win and a draw so far birmingham we were really worried about them but they seem to have done you know better in terms of not looking quite so quite so disjointed in their last game although it was a loss to manchester united you know carla ward really well don't you she was it a surprise to you when she left because it was all quite sort of sudden wasn't what wasn't it really it hadn't it didn't feel like it had been in the planning for a long time
2: no it, it was a surprise but it wasn't it wasn't i mean i don't think anything's a surprise in in football That's true. you know things like this happen and you know i i'm not privy to, to the details and obviously carla's got a great opportunity to go to the WSL you know she's still a young manager she's only been doing it less than 3 years and i think it shows the impact that she had with Sheffield United that a team like Birmingham you know they could have got someone more established they could have gone out and got some someone who's sort of been there done that you know steady name and actually they took a chance on Carla um, and I think I spoke to her a lot the last few weeks and I think the signs she you know she's quite positive about the situation I think she would have liked maybe one or two more players through the door but first game against Brighton they were fairly steady. I think they needed some goals, obviously, which they, they found against Man United, um, which I think surprised a few people. Obviously, they they came out on the wrong end. But I think Carla is quite positive about it. I think the, the players are really buying into what she's trying to do. And I think you know we had that last year. I think she's very good at getting players to buy into a way of playing uh, and a belief. And I think this week it's kind of a free hit. You know, neither of those teams are going to be looking at the FA Cup probably and saying we're going to win it. Um, but you know, for one of them, like you said, one will be in the semi-final, and and all of a sudden you're only one game away from Wembley. So I'm, I'm sure they'll be taking it seriously. But I think if they come out of it on the wrong end, you know, they'll, they'll dust it off and, and sort of move on quickly.
3: Leicester City, last minute of the game. Natasha Flint right into the corner. Frank Kitchen gets the right way. Free kick to be taken, and it's Horton who drills it low and in. And
1: City have an early lead. Let's move on to the last fixture then, uh, Leicester City versus Manchester City. Uh, Emil Heskey has a new role as LCFC Women Ambassador. Have you been impressed with Leicester, the way that they're approaching the women's game, Rich?
2: I have, but they're a rival, so I want to beat them as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, it, it's great to see more clubs investing. in. Um, they've put together a good squad and... It's really interesting because obviously when they beat Reading, you know, it was such a different team to the one that is going to play Manchester City. And obviously a little bit hard, you know, probably most of the players in that team are not going to play in this one because they're not of the club anymore. But it's, um, you know, give them a better chance of obviously giving Manchester City a game. I think, um, you know, Man City are obviously the big favourites for it. But, mm. um, it, it's what are your just... thoughts
1: on Manchester City? Because they obviously were held to a draw, weren't they, by um, Brighton last weekend? Should we be worried at all about that? Any any sort of concerns for you?
2: I think Man City have always been one of those teams. They they don't really put teams to the sword. They win games one nil, two nil, and I th- I was a little bit surprised they didn't reinforce their attack a little bit. You know, if they don't have Ellen White available. Who else do they have that's going to score the goals? You know, Chloe Kelly's a very good player, but she's still working her way into that team at that level. Lauren Hemp's out injured at the moment, which was obviously a blow for them because she's you know an exceptional talent. And beyond Ellen, you know, you do really look at it and say, who's going to get you know double figures in terms of goals? So I think for Man City they'll be pleased that Ellen got a couple of goals in the behind. Uh, sorry, in the first game, the first mm-hmm. England game on Friday, because. I think that's going to help any striker. But look, they had chances against Brighton and ordinarily they would have won that game. But they're not a team like Arsenal or Chelsea who are going to score six, seven, eight, nine mm. a game. It's just not going to happen. But it's just a really interesting game because I think for Leicester, you've actually got Remy Allen and Sophie Howard who were in the Reading team that got knocked out by Leicester <laughs> in the last round. And now they've they've actually got to play in that game anyway. So that's just another part of the kind of the COVID craziness. Yeah. That has, Are uh, we going
1: to see Rose Lavelle? Do you think?
2: I hope so. Yeah. Um, as someone who's been to Leicester's ground and and the away changing rooms, I think it'd be a bit of a culture shock for them <laughs> as a first God. game. But um, yeah, it's. Um, I think we will. I think it's a good opportunity to get Rose um, some minutes. Obviously, we've seen Sam Mewis already. So, and again, Man City, you know, they don't have the biggest squad. So, I don't think they'll actually be able to rotate all that much and I think after a draw last week they probably want to get some momentum up so I, I think Mansa he will play probably about as stronger team as they can to be honest
0: Leicester are the only championship team left in the quarterfinals of this FA Cup and I just wonder Rich how often we're going to see a championship team get this far down in the competition going forward we've we've seen how much investments happening in the top tier in the WSL is it starting to make this competition really tough for those lower sides and and that's what the FA Cup's all about is these giant killings but they look like they're probably going to be fewer and farer. between.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's luck of the draw, isn't it? That's the great thing about the FA Cup. You could play, I think you have to play two, three games to get to the quarterfinals. And at the end of the day, if you're lucky enough to draw teams around you or below you, then you've got a chance. But, you know, I think Liverpool, Leicester, Sheffield United, Durham, I think if they got drawn against your Bristol's, your Birmingham's, your Aston Villa's, I think they'd back themselves. I really do. I don't think there's that big a gap between... The top championship teams now that have the top players, and obviously some of them are full time, and the clubs at the bottom of the WSL. So you know, yeah, if you draw the the cities, the United, the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, yes, it's almost impossible. But I think even we showed last season in the County Cup. You know, we beat Liverpool away from home. It's actually a year ago today. So I'm just going to drop that in because it's <laughs> a good day. Um, And we got to the quarterfinals and obviously drew Manchester City, which was great for us. So I think you'll still see it. I think, you know, you do need a bit of luck with the draw, but I think the top three or four are capable of, of beating some of the WSL teams, in my opinion.
1: Well, the winner of that game, Leicester-Manchester City, will play either Arsenal or Tottenham. Um, The winner of either Brighton or Birmingham will play in the semi-finals, Everton or Chelsea. Um, Let's get some predictions from you, Rich, shall we? So who do you see through to the semi-finals then, Brighton or Birmingham for that fixture?
2: My heart wants Birmingham, but I I think... um... I think Brighton will do it. They've just been solid so far and uh, yeah, I think they'll nick it but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Birmingham but I'll go with Brighton.
1: Okay, and then Everton or Chelsea?
2: I've got to go with Chelsea. It's just yeah. Too strong.
1: Linz, let's do you for the next one. Leicester or Manchester City? I'm afraid it's, it's got to be Man City, hasn't it, for that one. Yeah. And Arsenal or Spurs?
0: Arsenal uh, the way they've started the season with or without Alex Morgan I'm afraid Tottenham are going to be put to the sword there so Man City Arsenal for the other semi-final and then uh, a reminder that these are going to be quite quickly followed on from the quarterfinals because these fixtures go Wednesday the 30th of September uh, and the second one being on Thursday the 1st of October so not much recovery time. Mm.
1: So if you've got Brighton Chelsea that that would be probably Chelsea through to the final, right, Rich? And then City or Arsenal, if those sides get through after uh, the quarterfinals to the semis, who would you put in the final against Chelsea, City or Arsenal? Arsenal.
2: Yeah, I think right now you'd probably go with Arsenal. I think Man City are away again, aren't they? They seem to get away every single semi final mm. they ever draw. So I think that makes a big difference. But the way Arsenal started the season, you go with Arsenal. But look, Man City, you can't rule them out. They're always capable of pulling a result off in the big games, but the way Arsenal started this season, um, yeah, I'd I'd look at a Chelsea-Arsenal final at the moment.
1: There we go. Well,
0: thank you very much, Rich, for your time this week. That is it for this week's show. On The Athletic, you can read an interview with former Manchester City manager Nick Cushing, and that's out on Tuesday evening.
1: If you missed it, by the way, Sarah Shepherd's piece on um, Jane Ludlow and why she would be uh, the ideal person to take over the Olympics squad. Uh, Phil Neville's firmly put his hat in the ring for it, but that piece from Sarah Shepherd on Jane Ludlow is really interesting. Um, In the meantime, uh, we'll be back next week following the FA Cup quarterfinals, ready to preview the semis very exciting we'll let you know who joins us in due course yeah and we'll
0: also see whether our predictions come to fruition as well Um, until then we'll keep up with all we're doing on Twitter and Insta it's at Pod, and our website where we've got lots of new content is Podcast.com.
1: Rich keep safe enjoy uh, the weekend's fixtures good luck against the bees and I'm sure we'll speak to you soon thank you and to everyone else listening goodbye stay safe we'll see you soon You've been listening to the Offside Rule
4: WSL edition, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside Rule at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletics football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Offside Rule WSL edition is a Money Needs Media production.
3: I'm Adam Leventhal and I'm here to tell you about the latest podcast from The Athletic, Beyond the Headline. We're gonna be taking an even deeper look at some of the extraordinary stories that have captured the football world. It just looks like the most sort of miserable marriage. It's it's been a, a loveless marriage from, from day one, really. We've got the most authoritative voices in football to take you right to the heart of the action. That season was just such a toxic, I mean, it's the most unbelievable season I think I've covered and, you know, there have been a few of those. It all starts on September 21st with a three-part special on Newcastle United and the takeover that never was. The lack
5: of ambition in the club in the last 10, 12 years has flattened people in in this city. I think
3: it could be a legacy lost. That's Beyond the Headline, the latest podcast from The Athletic, available wherever you get your podcasts or get it ad-free via the Athletic app. Muddy Media